Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Trot's Life. It is your Thursday edition. It is moving day, a condensed version. We've got a 12.30 uh, barrier draw that we're going to take live for the Adelaide Cup. So I'll be out of here by 12.30 and on the road to Mildura, I've got an appointment with a beautiful Sophia Code tonight. Uh, she first time I'll have met her and I'm very much looking forward to getting up there and meeting her on the way to Broken Hill tomorrow night. But first and foremost, we've got 90 minutes of Trot's Life to get through. It's the O'Connor hour, the first hour. Tim O'Connor will join us in a moment to tee off. Jonathan O'Connor will join us at 12.40 and chat about perseverance. And I think Jonathan embodies a lot of what people in harness racing are about. He's not a big name. He's got a horse in the Birdship Cup. And if he could win the Birdship Cup on Sunday with Perseverance, that'd be about as good as it gets for me. Uh, Mick Gurren will be on in the second half or the second hour, the half an hour of the second hour. I don't even know how to explain that. Mick Gurren and Jamie Cockshut will jam them in. So we'll get some tips from Jamie as well. We won't have a guest on from Taz Racing as such. But first, and, oh, and Darren Carroll will be on tipping as well. And I've got a little bit of audio for Darren to go through. But first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, our first player to tee off this morning, Tim O'Connor from Ballarat in Australia. Oh, he's good off the tee, this guy. Really good. That's on its way. It's heading towards the flag. Get in the hole! Tim, how are you, mate? Hey, mate. Great to be on and looking forward to uh, a big show. Good to be a part of it. It's a condensed show, but I'm sure you'll jam plenty into it. Yeah, we will, mate. Um, now, some audio that I'm going to have to play for you and get a comment on at some stage. So do you want to tick off your items or do you want to get stuck into this audio? This remark, I found a remarkable piece of audio that I'd love to get your comment on. So... Uh, do you want to tick well, that off let's, first? Or? Let's pull the band-aid off because I've got no idea what this is, but it's obviously going to be, uh, it's going to put me in a, uh, in between a rock and a hard place. So let's, let's no. pull the band-aid off and go with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Andy Gath. And I think this has been missed by a lot of the news outlets. Uh, I haven't seen Adam Hamilton comment and I, I didn't see you pick up on it, but I'll just play the audio of Andy and then, um, yeah, then we'll, We'll get from you uh, what what your thoughts on it are. He, here's what Andy Gaffin, this is, um, yeah, uh, amazing audio. Always dreaming of winning big races like the Miracle Mile. I've just got to get a horse good enough to win the Eric Reese Memorial. And my career as a trainer will be complete. The only decision I have to make is how many times I want to win it. Tim. <laughs> Andy Gaff. <laughs> Um, where's, where have you stumbled across this? I dare say you've been doing a little bit of work yourself. <laughs> Andy <laughs> says he's, he hopes to win the Eric Reese Memorial. The only decision he's got is how many times to win it. Now, that's staggering, isn't it? That is how highly this race is sought after. 
Well, um, I wasn't aware of the prestige this race has held in, but I certainly am now because if the greatest trainer on this planet is uh, endeavouring to win it, uh, I'm very honoured because if we can win it uh, next week, I'll be very happy. So the the bottom line is, though, Toby, if he wants to win it, it's not going to happen in 2023 because we've got a horse ready to win it. He's going to be a red-hot favourite and we can't wait. Well, having heard that, like, Clearly, next year, um, I'd imagine you'd be getting a syndicate together for Andy to help him achieve his dream. Well, yeah, that's right. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> in the other race, uh, we, we spoke. I've spoken to Andy a while about Tasmania. Thrown, and, I have thrown you here a bit, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I did not expect this, um, but I, I, I do think it's sensational. It's um, Andy and myself spoke a bit about a while back on one of our other horses was planning to go to Tasmania and he was threatening to send catch a wave down there just to uh, <laughs> knock us off. So um, I, I did tell him I'd be going in, in the work system here at HRV and making sure his horse was ineligible in some way. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's a great man and uh, I hope he can win it one day too, because that would really tick off a wonderful CV for him. Now, just, just to note here, we're not, we're not mocking the Eric Reese Memorial or the family of Eric no, Reese or anything. Not. This is just done with a bit of lightheartedness and, and yep, it's a great race actually uh, with a great little final, but, uh, and kudos to Andy. And, and I think this is Sean brightly probably over the last month. You and I would see this all the time, Tim behind the scenes with Andy, but what the social media presence they've had with, you know, putting spikes out to stop captain ravishing, get there and the whole Tarkata stuff with Andy. It's just been, it's just shown what harness racing truly is about. It's about a bit of fun. It's about creating relationships and friendships, and and, and racing is a part of it. But first and foremost, we're just we're just people having a bit of fun, aren't we? That's right. Yeah. No. Look, he's he's been wonderful <laughs> for the sport. At least in I've only known Andy for a couple of years. He's been in the game a lot lot longer than that. And, but he's fantastic for the media. You know what he does. Yeah. He comes on every show. He answers every phone call. He comes on burning questions every week for no uh, payment or anything. Has some fun. Tips his horses. They often win. Um, there's no secrets with Andy. He's not trying to, you know, he's never trying to, to play any games or, or get one up on someone or, or not tip a horse that he thinks can win so it's a better price. None of that rubbish. He's just out there to make the game better. I often, I have asked him before, you know, sort of why, he, you know, why he's so, I guess, um, available all the time. But he just loves the fact that the game grows if he if he yeah. can help it grow. And, Correct. Um, and the rewards come. He's won the Miracle Mile on the Chariots. I don't think that's – I sent him – I did send him one message on Saturday night among about 500 other people, I'm sure. But I just said good things happen to good people. As simple as that. And uh, I think you? that's the way life works sometimes. It, well, that's interesting. I'll try and – mine said – um, congrats to you both. You guys are shining examples in our sport, hardworking, having fun, promoting the sport, giving back to the community through Team Teal, EB, etc. To, to have another champion is only a small wor- reward for all of the above. P.S. Outlaw Man went really good. I'm sure you'll catch the replay sometime. Cause it was about 10 minutes after the Miracle Mile. And I don't reckon Andy would have ever missed one of his horses racing, but I've got a funny feeling. He might have missed Outlaw Man the other night. I reckon he missed that one, but um, <laughs> but that in... horse has been uh, it's been the bane of my existence. That horse, and to a degree, I've been potting him for a while, and he keeps winning. But finally, um, finally, his ticket tent was broken on Saturday night. Yeah, but, he did. He went super, didn't but, he? But interesting, we had the same thoughts, you know, like a bit of karma coming around to to bite him on the backside. But karma comes in good form and bad form. In this case, it was good form. 
Well, if he's yeah, exactly right. But um, nice to know that he's uh, keeping an eye on <laughs> Tasmanian racing. Just just stay away from it for a year or two, Andy, because it's about the only place I can win a race at the moment. Just under a year, Andy, to get sorted for next year's uh, preludes or qualifiers for the Eric Reese Memorial. And we thank Andy, I thank Andy for for recording that for us. It was. <laughs> I'll just drop him a message later on. <laughs> yeah. He'll be listening in, don't worry. And Big Fella will be as well. And I'm sure Stu too. Uh, mate, um, we better tick off some actual uh, stuff. New race at Stall. And um, you know how much this day is going to mean to me. And, and we'll go into that probably in a bit more detail in coming weeks. But it's going to be a special day at Stall. And, and I love this race. I absolutely love it. Yeah, me too. Well, this is a race, Andy. You might know about this yet, but you should be trying to win this one. You just stay away from <laughs> any of the Tasmanian features. Uh, there's a new race, as you said, created for Good Friday. It's going to be a massive day there at Stall. Uh, I guess it's the final day of the HRV's industry-wide Good Friday appeal fundraiser. And there's a really interesting race that's been created. And we've spoken about it a few times, Toby, about the desire for the paces to have a great Southern Star-type event where where they race twice on the one day. So in the Great Southern Star, for those that don't know, horses compete in heats at the start of a meeting, generally races two and three or three and four. Then the top handful of those um, qualify for the final later on the same card. So the horses go back to their, their tie-up stalls and, they, you know, they're, um, I don't know if they're washed down or not, but they're certainly put away for a couple of hours and they come back on the track, new barrier draw, new field, and they race for a big group one final. I think it's $300, the Great Southern Star. This one... Is called the Pleasant Creek Plate, and it is for the very, very lowly graded paces. So there'll be two $4,500 heats on Good Friday in the morning over the 1785-metre sprint trip, and then the qualifiers will progress through to a $10,000 final later that same that same day, which is, which is fantastic. I know Stahl's tipped in a bit of that prize money too to really make this race a good one. It's restricted to horses that are five years and older who have not won more than three lifetime races and none of those wins can be in their last five starts. And the the real, uh, I think what adds to it is the fact that the, the fear will be picked on with a preference leaning towards horses that have had the biggest losing streaks, essentially. So yeah, yeah. if you haven't won a race for, you know, 30, 40 starts, you're going to get a look in over a horse that's won maybe 10 starts ago. I think it's a great race and a great concept. And possibly two opportunities on the same day. That's right. I mean, it's, yeah. So, so these horses, and there's a, we've put a story up on the, the trots.com.au and there's some quotes from Mark Percival, the general manager there of racing at Stall. He's done a great job. He's, this is going to be a wonderful day, Tabby. We'll talk about it a bit closer. But it, the work he's done already, getting sponsors, organising the day, the Stall Athletic Club's going to be involved, given it's the iconic Stall Gift Weekend, um, which the, that race meeting kicks off the following day. There's going to be... Um, I'm planning a trainer driver's sprint. So, Andy Gass, you better put um, your Lycra on, get Kate to do some training, because you are certainly going to be involved in the Good Friday Sprint down the home straight. There'll be a senior driver's pony trot on the day it's going to be a wonderful day but on the track i think the pleasant creek plate this heat in the final um for the lowly grade horses is going to be a ripper uh timmy i got a message in from ronnie i've got one for the gallops for timmy saturday freak of nature will win the size at flemington currently tens get on timmy and big fella says loving it toby with a big thumbs up so uh <laughs> good stuff freak of nature timmy on saturday apparently <laughs> Nature, right? Uh, what price? Ten dollars. Tens. 
Each way all day. All Each right, way we'll all day. And after that, the Karen Manning Triple Crown. And what's a small field and an intriguing field and a very good field on Saturday night? Yeah, it is. Well, uh, Good Friday at Stall, I'm almost certain uh, the Queen of the Wimmera will be there and Karen Manning should be a big part of the day, no doubt. Uh, so, yeah, it's leg two of the Karen Manning Trotting Mare's Triple Crown this Saturday night at Melton. Uh, the first leg was won by Sleepy. That was the Lynn McPherson Memorial Breed for Speed Gold Series final on February 25. And that horse is back to tackle the La Cucaracha on Saturday night. I think it's just six horses. Toby, you've probably got the field in front of you. But yep. Queen Elida and Sleepy look the real two key players to me in this race. Ooh. Sleepy leads the series. Oh, I've gone, I've gone earlier there, have I? Sleepy okay. leads the series. Ahead of Keang, Levana, Hopeful Beauty, the best bourbon and Aldebaran keeper. There's a $10,000 bonus available for the horse that wins the Karen Manning Triple Crown. So that winds up in a couple of weeks with the Group 1 Something About Maori at Melton as well. Keang, Levana, drawn gate two. A majestic chick one. Keang, Levana, two. O Fortuna, three. With speed off the gates. A sleepy may not find the front. Mm. Sleepy four, Queen Elida five, Electro Jet six. Key and Levana can get across Majestic Chick at the start and hand up to O Fortuna. She ran second in the first heat. She could, she'll, she'll be top three for sure, so she'll be strong into it. And if Sleepy doesn't win and Key and Levana finishes above it, that, they'll be very close going into the third round. Yeah, it will be. Um, Queen Elida for me, though. Well, you saw a trial the other day, Tabby. You're yep. the uh, you're the track watcher. How did she trial to your eye? Yeah, she trialed. Steady without, you know, Chris never asked her for an extreme effort. Uh, just got to the line just nicely against some paces. That's how I would say. Don't think we yeah, learned anything. Well, she, she probably doesn't. I mean, she's going to have a fair bit of fitness. She raced in the Great Southern Star final, didn't she, about a month ago? So it's mm. not as if she's been out for a, a lengthy break or anything. But I, I think she'll be the winner. Um, at this, I know that um, these small little fields, and it's a good quality field, to be fair. It can throw up a... Uh, an interesting race here and there, but I think she's the class. I think she'll be winning. Uh, are you looking elsewhere, eh? Kang Levana for you? Oh, no. I just think as far as the series goes, it's going to, if if Queen Elida wins, which I would be tipping she will, and Kang mm. Levana runs second, say, and Sleepy third, then it goes into a final where there'll be, you know, some real, it, it certainly, it'll be going to the third third round before we know who wins this, wins this series. That's right. And um, so if Sleepy can win the second race, which is a La Cucaracha on Saturday night, that'll be two from two for her in the series. And if she can then win the third race and go undefeated through the series and there's something about Mary, that $10,000 bonus actually turns into a $20,000 bonus. So oh, wow. look, I'm not saying she can do that, but there's an she incentive <laughs> there to, to race through those three big mares trotting races. Birdship and Wangaratta. Wangaratta, they're off... Off uh, Broadway, there's a horse in called Chevron Flies, and we just—I'm just going to wish Kevin Weedon back all the best of luck. Uh, brought the horse over from New Zealand probably th- two or three years ago. It broke down. He sent her to stud. She carried a foal for seven months and lost the foal, and now she's back. She's had a couple of trials, and she goes around her first start after being here for a long time with no luck uh, on on Sunday at Wangaratta. So we wish Kevin Whedon back all the best of luck with that horse because if any horse deserves to win on the weekend, it's the horse that deserves it. Yeah, that's coming up in race seven. Race seven, number 10, Chevron Flies. Uh, that'll be at 8.52. So great weekend of country racing, isn't it, Toby? Obviously, Melton takes centre stage on, on Saturday night with a big car there and the 
the La Cucaracha is the feature there, as we've spoken about. But Sunday, uh, I'll be heading to Birdship with no surprises there. I've been talking about it to anyone that'll listen for the last 12 <laughs> months. That meeting will kick off uh, at 12.44 p.m. It'll run through with an eight race card through to a quarter past five. And then basically half an hour later, Wangaratta kicks off from 5.45 right through until race nine, just before 10 p.m. So it's a big day to settle in on the couch, grab a couple of drinks, turn Trot's vision on and follow all the racing. Uh, I can't wait. We'll speak on Bircher, first of all. Uh, last year, a wonderful day. I saw you there with a, maybe a mild hangover after heading back from <laughs> double, Broken Hill. But a double hangover. A double hangover, was it? Uh, five races on the card at Birdship last year. Um, look, while it was a wonderful, wonderful day, probably the racing on the track was just lacking a little bit. Small fields, only five races. You know, early quarter mixes in with the late quarter. It was just a bit of a... A tricky day. The punters club had to, you know, it was pretty hard work. I know Darren Carroll still turned 20 into 40, but um, <laughs> this year, prize money being increased from 4500 to ten for both the pacing and trotting cups is a massive tick, and that's helped bring uh, the horses and, and, the, and the quality of the race, and it's up to eight races on Saturday, on Sunday, so it's going to be a wonderful day, and I, I can't wait for it, and then we head to Wangaratta. If we've lost a couple of dollars, we can get it all back there. 100% and uh, best of luck if Tim Mortlock wins the Melly Bull Pacing Cup with Double the Hunter. I hope for everyone's sake he goes back to Maryborough because they're big enough nights as it is without Tim uh, settling in, let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just looking through the, the field now. Um, yeah, look. Uh, it's a great race. Shane it's Sanders. a cracker race. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm just looking through now. Shane Hasn't got a runner in there, so he's not going to be able to defend the title. Aaron Coates got two horses in, and um, in Gracie Cullen and Dennis. They've so, some sort of hope, wouldn't they? Particularly Dennis. Yeah, and Sorrento is born and bred in Birchip by the Lowry boys, now trained by Steve Branson just down the road. So best of luck to Sorrento. Rod Carberry from Horsham's a cracking bloke as well. James Herbertson and Ryan Sanderson have drives in it. Now, let me tell you, Ryan Joe, might... Joe Thompson's a cracking bloke too, just speaking of cracking bloke. <laughs> Ryan, see in America. Ryan Sanderson might shout the bar. James Herbertson will be lucky to shout James Herbertson. Um, Scotty Garraway, I tell you, I hope he goes home as well because he could celebrate pretty hard. And well, if my mate Tomo won for Mick Gadsden and Denby Wade, will look out as well. So, it, mate, great days racing. I hope I, I know I think, you're going to enjoy it. I think the bottom line is just looking at those trainers and those drivers. About the bar's going to get shouted, isn't it? I think it's almost a certainty. Uh, well, yeah, um, yeah. Be <laughs> nervous about foolish pleasure winning. Um, a big fella sends in. We'll be interested, Toby, only if you get time with Jamie, but I think that might be meant to be Timmy, might auto-corrected, to see what odds he reckons where's the gold will be in the second eight of the Cup tomorrow night, race six, number three. Oh, Jamie Cockshut later in the day. Yeah, we're talking about Jamie. Yeah, we'll no doubt you'll talk permits. about that later on. Yeah, um, 100%. That's all we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, look, can't wait for Birdship. I won't be at Wangaratta, but Birdship, yeah, Ryan Sanderson, uh, I'm not going to say I was the reason. I interviewed him after yeah. that win in the cup last year, and he just said it off the top. Of, I think he just got the momentum up, and he just yelled that I'm going to shout the bar here. And I, I think he didn't realise the race stake was. You know, <laughs> it wasn't the biggest race uh, on the planet. It was only four and a half thousand dollars at that stage. So I actually think he might have come away from Birchip losing money and winning the cup. But uh, it was a great day. I think he put over five hundred bucks and. Um, yeah, he's, me and his father were still there in the wee hours on Monday. He's up to something, that Ryan Sanderson, too. He's he's 
he's up to something. He wanted to know what car I drive. He was quite interested in what car I drive, which was a little bit bizarre. He had this cheeky grin on his face. So he's up to something. I don't know what it is, but I think something's coming my way. Tim, we've gone well over. I know you only want to do 15 minutes, but I knew I had to play that Andy Gath audio. It was just amazing that I found that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we'll be absolutely thrilled if we can win that race. So in all seriousness, um, that race, the Memorial Race on Cup Night, the 18th. And uh, just before I do go, Better Eclipse will fly out from Australia for Just Tubbs and Greg Sugars April 6th as he heads towards the Race by Grins, a big slot race in New Zealand on April 14th. So just a little bit of news there. He'll go straight into that race on the back of his last run. Good on you, Tim. Thanks, mate. Cheerio. I had to get it in there. Let's get to an ad break. Darren Carroll's not far away. He'll be on the other side of the news. We'll have an ad break, quick segment, and back with Darren Carroll. Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Darren Carroll joins us for a tip or two. Darren, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Toby. I very nearly didn't answer the phone today (laughs) because I know that um, I'm in for something here. So deliver up your best, mate. Draw is going to be three, four Yesterday. back to But for my three big value play, race six, number eight, Yappa, he's probably, oh, he's $71 and $8 currently. Uh, he could blow everyone out in a race. What did my brother Brett Carroll say to you on one occasion? You can't eat value. And ironically, <laughs> I t- was tipping a 26 to 1 chance when he said that. You know what happened, don't you? Yeah, it won. It but, won. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'll be eating value here. Well, Darren. Eight dollars the place. I would say that's value. And did you see the breakfast I had this morning? <laughs> yes, I did, Toby. <laughs> and you know, you were successful in one way, and the, the voices of you were in my head. So I was on the Connors <laughs> Club at Swan Hill last night, and I had six horses in the quaddy, and I got the twenty dollars shot in the first leg, and I looked up on the board and went, "I've got eight in this race instead of nine. What's the eight? And it was Yapper. So I put it in the, my quaddies by mistake, and I'm sure it was the ghost of Toby looking above upon me. And uh, as it uh, sprouted wings on the corner, I thought, oh, here we go. Um, but uh, no. Nah. Now, in all, so, but in, all, in all honesty, at the 200, when it looked like it might win the race, were you hoping it would or were you hoping it didn't? Because you were invested in the quaddie, so you would have got a good result no, in the quaddie. Oh, I was hoping it would, and then I would have just said, yeah, I was on. So, <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> oh, jeez, I, yeah, I was cheering it. The next-door yeah, neighbours would have thought I'd had a 1,000 on it, you know, but, oh, like, I don't even bet. bet. <laughs> so, anyway, let's go. Uh, what I like about us two in the last few weeks, I've tipped no winners, and you've tipped three out of three. Last night you played and missed, and I and I got a couple of results. So uh, you nearly got three out of three. It uh, was the winner half up the straight. I was hoping I was pushing you along for our punters club, but we yeah, couldn't get over the line. But uh, it wasn't a happy yeah. horse with the deafeners the whole race, Jack O'Connor. Yeah, I wasn't really pleased with him to death, but um, yeah, anyhow, we move on. Roll through tonight, mate. Um, yeah, got two, Toby, and. Um, a little bit of value tonight, which, you know, I usually tip them a bit shorter than this, but Can't it's a really tough meeting, I thought, and um, I didn't really like some of the favourites, so I thought, why not go for a bit of value? And um, if I'm talking to you, no better than talk, talking a bit of value up. But uh, race four, number eight, Apex, I like. Um, it's come up at OK odds now. It's around about 650 and 220 a place. 
Um, this horse has only been lightly raced. It's had one placing from 10 starts. I'm sort of ignoring its previous eight and just going on its two runs this time in. And um, I really like what I've seen. This is a lowly graded um, trot race um, and got Karen aboard. And I've just really liked its action and the way it's hit, its lot, hit the line in the last two starts. Um, I think it trots all the way, which is the key. And I'm very confident this also gives us a huge run for our money. So at 6.50 and 2.20, I'm quite confident to push us that way. And, um, yeah, I think it'll give us something to cheer on about. Now, race race eight, right? Mm-hmm. I would say if they ran this race 100 times, Lost for Words would win it 50 times because it's just going to need a little bit of speed on and it'll get over yep. the top of these, which means, in my mind, I've got it at $2. Yep. It's $4.20, Darren. Yeah, I know, Tony. And I think if you shop, if you shop out there yeah. at places that you can, I think I saw some ten dollars out there this morning, um, wow. and that's just crazy odds. I, I tipped this horse last Saturday night at Melton, and it didn't score up. Um, Kate Hargraves, the trainer, jumps on tonight with um, the knowledge of the horse, and I think it's purely to make sure that the horse does the right things, and. This horse has just got one hell of a sprint. Um, it's sectionals and it's two starts prior to galloping and taking no part last week were just out of this world. They were probably the two best runs, beaten runs I've seen in some time. So um, really, really keen. It needs a knee, just an even tempo. And if it gets a three-wide trail into the race, look out. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that there's a few stable mates in the race and that might mean the tempo mightn't be on, but... Um, I think you're leaning with me. If it yeah. gets any sort of luck, um, we will see a really nice horse here. And um, But it can do a few things wrong. But I'm confident that with Kate Masolke, no one will know this horse better. She will drive it every day in track work, and hence the reason why she's on tonight. But, um, yeah, I think we're getting a good odds. Tony. Yeah, I, I think it'll it's, it's the best horse in the race. It'll end up being the best horse in the race, and... Yeah, it's just got to do everything right. and it, I still think it wins this race half the time. And the other half, it may not even place. So it might be a win and lay the place job. It's very rare that the planets align and we have the same tip, Toby. <laughs> Are you doing a um, a game plan with this one on as well? Oh, uh, well, no, I could have. Mm-hmm. But once you tipped it, I didn't see the point. So I've got four each way, <laughs> four each way plays for you. 25, Any clashes? Uh, no, no. Okay. 25 each way on all four of them for my $200 game plan. Race three, number two, Majestic Achiever. I think he could get to the pegs and, and run a cheeky race with a very strong Ash, Ashworth, Ainsworth camp at $12. Yep, and, yeah, 12 and three twenty in a really weak trot race. Yep. Race six, number five, Raining Lilies. I think it gets across and gets to the front in Herb We Trust, $8 and Gee. $240. What will you do if Bella Lucy wins, though? Well, I think she'll get too far back, Daz. I just okay. think she gets too far back. Raining Lilies should be able to bully her way across. She's going to get to the peg. She runs top three. That's in good form. Yep. Race seven, number one, Arclo. Won a race off the leaders back at Ballarat. Two starts back. Had a terrible draw at Horsham on Cup Day. Gets back to drawing gate one. It's 26 and 440. It's massive overs. It's up a yep, little. Sec- sectionals were uh, really good off its last run too, Toby. Yep. That yep. helps you yep. get some more confidence. 
And race 11, number six, feeling energetic. I think it, it's going to get across the gate really hard. It ran disappointing behind Viking, but Viking would go around a twenty in this. So I'll forgive yep. it. It's run from Viking, and it's two before that, ran second. It's a go-forward horse. So that were my four each-way plays, 25 each-way, race three, number two, race six, number five, race seven, number one, race 11, number six, and I'll tweet that out, big fella. The, the, the big fellas all ups will be looking good. Uh, he he did a he did have a place all up at my three last night, which um, I'm sure he won't oh, mind me saying. Out. Twenty to one, Darren. Twenty to one result. That's why you're the best in the business, Toby. Uh, no, I'm not even in the same straight as you are, my friend. But that's okay. <laughs> That's... I put up the white flag last night. <laughs> love your work, guys. Love the fun. Yeah. And uh, one of us will get a winner tonight for sure. And for, if, that's the ca- if that's the case, then people will profit. That's simple. That's right. Safe travels. Good on you, Daz. Cheers. There's Darren Carroll, our great friend and great tipster. Let's get to a break. John O'Connor on the other side. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life, Garrard's Horse and Hound. For all your equine essentials, I'm joined by Jonathan O'Connor. Jonathan, mate, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Um, I'm at, uh, at Narrowong, Toby. Um, yeah, so we're just about 20 k's out of Portland and just about to put a couple of horses on the jogger, actually. Are you, where's, is that Melbourne side of Portland or Adelaide side of Portland? Uh, yeah, Warrnambool side, Melbourne side, yeah. Yep. Mm. Do you use, uh, you got your own track yeah. there? Yeah, I got a little jog track, but I I got out of the beach a fair bit and uh, I've got a bush behind me, I work through the bush and I go into Portland to do all my fast work. But uh, yeah, I go, go to the beach a fair bit, but I've been putting them on the jogger a bit in the last couple of weeks because I had a bit of an accident down the beach. Yeah. And uh, punctured me lungs, so, I, um, so I've only really been able to put them on the jogger for the last month or so, yeah. So so you, you've gone down the beach, you're there by yourself or did you have someone yeah. with you? Oh, by myself, my wife, comes. Carol, comes down a fair bit, but she didn't come down this particular okay. day. And I, I was uh, driving Perseverance and leading um, Wistful Lady, and I just sort of, t- I went about seven or eight, k- probably about six k's down the beach, and I t- sort of turned around, and when I turned around, the, the horse I was leading sort of just flipped the cart on me, mm. and uh, I didn't break any ribs. I said it was a bit unusual because I punched me lung, um, but I uh, didn't break any ribs, but I was just sort of fairly bruised up, yeah. Wow. So well, you hung on to the horses? They didn't get loose? No, no. So the horses went, they took off. Yeah. The horses, uh, so Perseverance, he went back to the caravan park. and I, So I walked back. It was Six about K. seven or eight days. Oh, wow. Actually, the doctor said it was the best thing for, for me to keep moving because he said if you had a stop tomorrow. It wasn't, I didn't realise that I was sort of hurt until I got back to the horse. And when I got back to the horse, there was plenty of people helping and the cops sort of turned up and they said, we'd better call you an ambulance because I just started struggling breathing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, got through that, and so now Bush has been on the jogger a fair bit lately, so uh, I think that's why he probably didn't go quite as well last time, but hopefully um, he'll go right Sunday. Wow, that's mm. 6K. Those horses could have ended up anywhere. anywhere. Well, one of, what happened was I was lucky. I had about five people. I was in hospital, of course, and <laughs> I had about five people. Wistful lady, she went, um, couldn't find her. We found her. I think uh, I I think the accident happened around nine o'clock in the morning. I think they found her about one o'clock that day, and she got into the scrub at the beach and just couldn't get couldn't go yeah. sort of forward or back because she got into sort of really thick scrub. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're probably lucky we found her. Well, apparently, there was a horse 
a couple of years earlier, and it got it uh, went missing there at the beach too. So uh, and they didn't find it for a week. So and it yeah. was and it was alive and okay. It was just stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the other horse, yeah, apparently it was still alive after a week, but what happened was that I think it died a day or two later because it was probably just hadn't had enough to eat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Hey, take care, please. Yeah, no, that's it. So I'll give, I'll give up leading the horses, I think. I'll just sit in the cart and stay that, stay that way from now on, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, mate. Now, wow, so a little bit more about you. What got you into harness racing? We wind it back. I think it was it your dad, Vincent. Was that your father? Yeah, dad had horses. So um, my mum's father, Jack Hefton, he he um, he he trained horses and he bred horses. And uh, they started the breed. Actually, Abbey Fields is in on Sunday, and it's the same breed. Yeah. So um, Jack Hefton started that breed in about 1945. I think they bred the first one. Yeah. So it's been, that breed's been in the family for about 80 years. Wow. And uh, yeah, they. They, so they uh, they started, and then of course dad dad got with mum, and uh, he got the bug from um, from my grandfather. Yeah, and uh, so we've sort of always been around horses. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And well, where did the name? Uh, I went back right through your career in '98. You had your first runner, uh, Ports Chapel at Bacchus Marsh, and you had a little gap then of three or so years. You came back, and uh, Roman Rose was a first up for you for three and a half years, and it was your first winner. Yeah, no, it was good. It started off real good, but I'll tell you, I won a couple of races early. I think I went for about eight and a half years without a winner. So yeah. I had a good run when I first got down here, and then I sort of got working at the smelter, and was and it was really hard work training and, and working at the smelter because, uh, you know, you're doing 12-hour shifts, and it was just you were sort of never home, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I trained a horse in Melbourne, and I didn't train for a couple of years, and I got with my wife, Carol, and... Um, and when we moved down down to Portland, um, I said, well, I'd like to get my licence back. And she said, well, you can have a crack at it for a couple of years and see how you go. Yeah. 20 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> 20 years later. And, like, you went to Kilmore the other week with Perseverance. It was a heat and final of a race. And I think I might know yeah. why the horse was scratched now. I think it's pretty yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah. So I had the action. It was, I, was, I was spewing it because I really uh, oh. I don't typically go that far. But I sort of thought, you know, he's got a little bit of a chance if everything goes all right. And, uh that's why I was sort of doing it. I don't mind going for a drive, but I think I've got a bit of a chance, you know. Five, five, and, uh, five think, hours to Kilmore. Well, I reckon it took six hours, Toby. But <laughs> yeah. I came, when, I, when I was, I came back a different way. I came back on the highway, but on my way I went through Dalesford, but it was bloody too windy and hilly. So I, um, so yeah. I went. I was talking to Jackie Barker, and she said, "No, you're better off to go on the highway." So it was a yeah, it was a fairly, fairly long trip. I don't, I, I don't know what, can't remember what time. I think I headed off. Something like eleven o'clock in the morning. I think I got back about four or five in the morning. Yeah, so it was a long day. Well, you're used to the twelve-hour shifts from the smelter, I suppose. So it was yeah. just a little, little bit longer. Yeah, well, I say that to Carol. I do actually. I don't, don't mind driving. I don't find that hard and or anything like that. So uh, yeah, just as long as the horses go alright, I'm quite happy. What What do you do now? You're not at the smelter now, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm just basically just working. I've, I've had a bit. I've had. Uh, foot injuries and I've, I've had um, both my feet fused so I'm just, just jogging a few horses and at the moment I've got to sort of just go a bit bit limited of what I can and can't do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, but I um, like I said, we go into Portland and yeah, Perseverance is, is just a really nice little horse and we're having a lot of fun with him, you know. Well, I, I, I have asked it. You had a few horses called Renoco, R-O-N-N-O-C-O. Yeah, what was that about? Backwards. 
Well, I was oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but we gave it a bit of a go, but we were fine and we weren't having any luck. And we said, no, we've got to change this. <laughs> Is that so what we, it was? We it. Yeah. Well, well, they were all that Abbey Fields family. They, there's generations and generations right back yeah, to your grandfather. Yeah, interesting breed. So the Abbey was one of the first um, stallions to come over to Australia. Yeah. I think he came from America, but he was a Great Britain horse. Yeah, yeah. And um, th- th- that particular horse is uh, uh, this is all our breed, you know. That's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see the, uh, like Anthony's got a fair few horses with Abbey in the name, and, that, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Abbey, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Anthony is your brother, of course, Anthony O'Connor. And yeah. uh, you've, you've had a few little cracks at cups over the years. You had a horse called Regora uh, run fourth in a stall cup, but you take perseverance to have a crack at a cup. And uh, look, if he's 100% right on the tight little bird chip track and he can get in a nice forward position, you're not without a chance on Sunday. Yeah, no, I reckon for sure. It's it's all about getting away, but it's a great race they're putting on, Toby. Like, um, it's n- not often that these lower class trotters get get a chance to run in them. And I, I just reckon Birchip should be congratulated. Really, it's a, it's just uh, it's it's just great to be able to. Like, usually I'm running in four and a half thousand dollar races with him to be able to go to the races and race in a ten thousand dollar race. I'm I'm pretty chuffed, really. Yeah, well, look at the names of the trainers, mate, with all, you know, like just great people to sport. Nick Youngson, Scott Tawney, Justin Bruin, Vince Vallelonga, Leroy O'Brien, Denny Mullen. We're not talking big names. We're not talking people that train a lot of winners, but just yeah. really good people to sport. And whoever wins that race, as you say, it's a $10,000 race, but it's a cup as well. Like, that'll be yeah. the highlight of your career, won't it? I, I think it would be, but we won't get too far ahead of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, look, I'll, I'll just go and enjoy the day. But yeah, I really do think if he gets away, he'll run a cheeky race. He's a good little trier, and he's he's just a, he's a ripping little horse. He's just part of the family, really. Yeah. Yeah, and Mick Bellman's on board, and at the moment he's winning on everything. So you've got oh, good. it. Yeah, I didn't know how. I didn't know what his form was like, but I'll be just telling him to get to the front and prove his position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you won't have to tell Mick too much. I've actually got a Mick Bellman racing hat on as we speak, so there's uh, there's some uh, some uh, unity. Before, so he got along pretty good with him. So yeah, should should be right there. I think it's just just a matter of getting away, really, Tony. Very good, John. Thanks for coming on, mate, and telling. I didn't know about that accident, so look after yourself and uh, best of luck on Sunday in in the Melbourne Bull Trotters Cup. Right. There is Jonathan O'Connor. I think we were just losing him on the line, actually. So we might have cut that at the perfect point. And I tell you what, uh, just an absolute gentleman of the sport, Jonathan, a total gentleman of the sport. And if you can find a, a nicer man in harness racing, you're doing very well. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people at that level that would be the equivalent of, let me tell you, but uh, an absolutely lovely bike. I remember the first time I met him was at Mount Gambier and, uh, he had an elderly gentleman there and, and uh, with him, and I met this elderly gentleman. He was, he's, he was Jonathan's next-door neighbour, and, and he told me, you know, since his wife had passed, that gentleman's wife had passed, the only thing he did in life was go to the trots with Jonathan. That was, the, it was his highlight of him, and he, and he was so appreciative of Jonathan taking him to the trots each time. 
Uh, Jonathan had a horse in and it just gave him an interest in life. He had nothing to do with harness racing prior to that. And uh, that just that story just, just remains with me over, over the years. And, and I always think of it when I think of Jonathan and, and how much uh, Jonathan and, and just going to the trots meant to that, that elderly gentleman at Mount Gambier. I forget his name. We're talking five or six years ago now. Let's get to a break. And we'll come back the other side. We're not too far off 12 o'clock. Still Mick Gurren and Jamie Cockshut to come. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. It's our daily Memphis on Trots Life. Fancy being tipped out on the beach six kilometres from where your car is. Two horses on the loose. They could go anywhere. And a punctured lung. Wow. He was in a predicament, wasn't he? But all worked out okay in the end. Mick Gurren will be up after the 12 o'clock news. Jamie Cox up with some tips. And then in the second half of the hour, the Adelaide Cup barrier draw with our friends over in the racing code. I think it'll be Miles Fitzner is the main man. No, Gareth Hall is the main man uh, for the Adelaide Cup barrier draw. So we're handing back to Gareth for the Adelaide Cup barrier draw at 12.30. So stay tuned for the next half an hour. McGurin will obviously comment on what was a massive night at... Tabcorp Park, Menangle, pardon me, and Jamie Cockshut with some tips for Tassie. So let's get to the 12 o'clock news. So it's one, so I'm not talking over it, who knows. Uh, let's get to that 12 o'clock news and come back and get your Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 Welcome back to Trot's Life, and I'm joined, as I am nearly every Thursday at this time, Mick Gurren from across the ditch. Firstly, Mick, uh, how are you, mate, and whereabouts are you today? No, very well, Toby. Uh, in Auckland, writing up a storm. I've got, uh, got seven stories going in the New Zealand Herald tomorrow, which... Seven? Uh, I know will probably make some of our racing fans in Australia a bit jealous, but yes, we have seven stories on the gallops. There's Group 1 Bay at Pukekohe, and... We have a cooter versus copy that yeah. at Alexander Park tomorrow night, mate. So it's it's something I'm very proud of. The fact we have so much racing in the Herald. There's racing in the New Zealand Herald every day. And for those people who think, okay, I wish we had that in the Herald some these days. Well, the good news is it's not behind the paywall. It's all free. So we deliver that stuff every day. It's always available on my Twitter account or on nzherald.co.nz. So if you're not getting enough racing fix... Over there in Aussie, because I know it's a bit of an issue for some of the bankers, jump <laughs> on board. So it's, it's free, and I tell you what, 
it's pretty darn good. We don't muck around. We ring trainers all day, every day. The the Founders Cup tomorrow night, Akuta and Copy That. It's it's an interesting race. Probably as much for Copy That as it is for Akuta is is Copy That back a hundred percent. He seems to when he goes bad, he, things go really awry for him, but he just bounces back from it each time. Well, we, we can only take a line through what happened in the Victoria Cup when he had a minor bleed. Mm. Same thing happened in the Hunter Cup. It was mm. slightly worse this time. After the Victoria Cup, I thought he might be stuffed. Came home, won a New Zealand Cup and paced two national As records. You do. As you do. Yeah, so <laughs> we said this three or four months ago to people. New Zealand version of copy that is vastly superior to the Australian version. The Australian version is also pretty good because he's won a Sunshine Sprint and he's won a Ballarat Cup. So... Uh, Ray Green's confident he'll be fine tomorrow night. Now, here's a word of warning for those who feel like having a bet tomorrow night. Um, They're looking to drive copy that with a sit, go back. It's his first start back after that bleed, and they want to get his confidence back heading toward the race by Grins on April the 14th. But that would seem to make a cooter a certainty after he big copied out of the workouts last week, a ring Mark Purden, who's actually not there tomorrow night, Brent Mangos drives the horse, and he said, we're probably looking to do the same thing. So there's only six horses in the field, and if they get into single file early and then they get into peers, could be a case that copy that's on the back of a cooter, and they go 55, and one of them should still probably win. But it's not a race where one of them's going back, the other one's going to the lead, and you can just have whatever you want on the one that's going to be in front because it doesn't shape like that, Toby, so, as best I can work out talking to everybody involved. So Major Perry couldn't find the top and give a sight? Well, look, he could, absolutely. But the one thing I would say is he's not in Gates being horse. There's actually two horses inside from the Andrew Neal stable, yeah. uh, and they both like to go forward. And they're a go-forward stable. They're a stable who tend to like to be up on the speed. Yeah. So if I'm having a bet, I may well pick Major Perry top three. Um, but whether he just rolls to the front or whether, in fact, he has the worst possible scenario, which is sitting parked mm. with a tutor on his back and copy that on his back, mm. both those things are possible. And it's probably flip the coin. But the Andrew, Andrew and Lynn Neal stable do like to pop in and they have the barrier doors and the gates speed to a template. And copy copy that's penciled down for a potential Queensland trip in the middle of the year. Yeah, well, they do think he handles Queensland better than Victoria. I don't see any reason he would bleed in Victoria and not bleed in Queensland. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know enough about it. Like, I've had horses myself who have bled in the past, and you can treat them, and they're fine. Whether the travel exacerbates that, whether it was the way the race to Hunter Cup was run, I just don't know. And I'd only be talking into my ass if I said I did. Mm. So if they say they want to go to Queensland, he's been good there before. Uh, I think he may head there with Merlin. One thing I'm really getting away from, Toby, unless I absolutely know it to be true, is second-guessing where horses are going. Because what I'm finding is so many people react to these things. Because I put them up on Twitter all the time, and you had these massive reactions in the markets. Uh, and then obviously you're going to say to people, well, sorry, that's not turning up. So with a horse like him, there's an asterisk next to everything he does because if he bleeds again, he's finished. Um, and they can send him to North America, but he can't race here. Mm. So 
Yeah, I wouldn't be jumping into any bidding on him. Same as a horse like Merlin. He's got a lot of targets here before he turns up in Queensland. Not that there's any fixed odds markets for those. There will be New Zealanders in Queensland, absolutely no doubt, so that carnival continues to grow. But, gee, we've got a lot of water to go under the bridge before we get to Queensland. Like there's probably for a horse like a cooter, I would say five open-class races here before he gets there. It's a little bit different from, say, the Eureka, where... You know, a catch a wave or a Captain Ravishing probably don't have that many targets between now and the Eureka, so they yeah. might turn up in three or four different races. Like these horses are going to be bashing heads against Self Assured and BD Joe and racing in million dollar races and better Eclipse and all those sort of things. So, absolutely just park their aspirations heading forward. Um, well, with a race like the Eureka, because it's obviously worth so much money, you know that's where those big three, uh, four year olds are going to go. The Miracle Mile, mate, uh, you, you had a big day last week, but it was some sort of a result, wasn't it, for Catch a Wave? Yeah, wonderful. And, you know, Andy and Kate are people who everybody likes. They're just good people, and they're very good horse people. I don't know the Matthews family really well, but I know that backstory, and it's obviously a wonderful story. It's a funny thing. If you take the, if you take the emotion of the race, it was actually a pretty boring race. <laughs> like, like only yeah, three horses yeah. even remotely got involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in any capacity. Like Spirit of Bank Lewis just conceded at the start, and that was probably the right thing to do because I don't think he's as good in front. Kate took the initiative, which was great. Nathan Jack went forward, but he knew after 50 metres there was no chance he was getting across catch away because it began so well. And then Luke McCarthy, who's a senior driver, launched. Everything else wasn't a factor. Hurricane Harley wasn't a factor. She did the right thing, Amanda Turnbull, no doubts. Spirit of St. Louis had to sit in the trail. Uh, Mark Dan was stuck outside the leader. Well, he wasn't a factor, and he only just cost Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay, you can't pull out of the 1-1, so what can you do? David Moran did nothing wrong. Mm. There just wasn't enough tempo in the middle part of the race. And Captain Ravishing was like a scratching. He just didn't turn up at all. Like He, he, wasn't, he wasn't even at any stage in the commentary. So it was really quite a strange race. It was such a wonderful occasion. It was a really wonderful night to be there. Mm. And it's really hard for people to hear this because when they hear it, they go, oh, you just hate Catch a Wave and all that garbage people carry on about. But the story was amazing and the result was amazing, but the race itself was actually pretty boring because five of the horses in it weren't a factor from 100 metres after the start to the finish. There was no chance they could win. There was nothing they could do. And there's nothing they could have done to sort of change the result. Not, not blaming their drivers. It's just a reality of the Miracle Mile. Outside the Field Marshal Miracle Mile, not many of them change. They sort of get into a bunch, and that's about it. And that was the case. This year. I don't think it would have mattered. I think very clearly on the night, Catch a Wave was the best horse. I think now you can make a case he might be the best horse in Australia or even Australasia, but of course we haven't seen Leap to Fame for a while. So I think there's maybe five or six of them in a clump, and I think that comes down, Toby, to where they race, what mood they're in, how they've travelled, and what the distance and the and the specifics of the race are, because quite clearly the Miracle Mile is a big race. The other biggest race in Australasia is the New Zealand Cup. The other two big signature races, and there's an Inter-Dominion, but that bounces from place to place. Yeah. And the Inter-Dominion, of course, isn't a race, it's a series. So that's why I say race, because it's a series. You've got to compete in the yeah, heats, and a yeah. lot of horses don't like to do that. But the other biggest race in Australasia clearly is the New Zealand Cup. And if you big catch a wave in it, you'd probably 
finished last because he refused to score up behind the mobile last week. So this whole thing of who's the best horse and who's not the best horse, usually at the moment, and I've been saying this for the last five years, comes down to what race you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, correct. Because the New Zealand Cup is an incredibly different thing from the Miracle Mile, which, again, is an incredibly different thing of the Inter-Dominions because yeah. you have to get through three heats to make the final. So I think the days of us having a, a quintessential all-conquering champion, they might be gone forever because it's going to take a hell of a horse to race in both countries from standing starts over two miles mile. down to Menango over a mile and be sound enough to go three heats and win a final if, in fact, anybody wants to attempt that. So if we ever see that horse again, Toby, it's going to be a pretty special horse. And that horse will have the greatest run of barrier draws known to mankind if it wins all those races because... Well, as you saw last week in the yep. Miracle Mile. It means a lot. One, one, two, three, and four. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, and four. Yeah. And sometimes it sounds that easy, but there's always outliers. And, you know, the Inter Dominions was one, two, three, the marker pegs. Yet in the Hunter Cup, they managed to come from off the speech. So there's the occasional outlier, but most of those rules play strong. As I said... Uh, emotion of the race and the occasion are vastly different things to the machinations of the race. And really, when you look back on it in years to come, no one's going to remember that catch a wave had a very easy middle half in 57 and change. All they'll remember is good people, owners, trainers, drivers, had a good result with what may actually be a great horse. I'm wrapping it up there, Mick. Couldn't fit a better, couldn't go on a better note. Thanks, mate. And we'll do it all again next week. I look forward to it, mate. It's an opportunity, Toby. There's Mick Gurren, our great mate from Across the Ditch. Let's get to a break. We'll get back with Jamie Cockshop. We'll have 10 or 12 minutes with Jamie for our Taz Racing segment before we get to the Adelaide Cup barrier draw. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Just having some uh, tech difficulty. Yeah, we've got Jamie's uh, there in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's ringing, but he's uh, not answering, which is strange. He's texting me saying he's getting it, but uh, he's not getting it, which is unusual. Uh, so, uh, no, no answer there again. So, Jamie's there. He can. Uh, he's seen it ringing. And something something's uh, happening between here and Vietnam. I uh, might hand that uh, issue over. Uh, I'll try one more time. We'll try one more time. He's, oh, sorry. Ollie's on it. He's just a jet, this kid. Absolute jet. The uh, producer extraordinaire, Ollie, is on it. And he might be able to do it through that phone box. There's all different phone boxes. And when we say phone boxes, it's just a computer program. Uh, we're not talking a literal phone box, as gives me the thumbs up. Jamie might be there now. Jamie, come in, spin up. There you go, mate. Yeah, really good. Don't know how that happened, but from my studio, it wasn't working. But uh, Ollie's gone out. He's in another little studio. He's able to ring it there and then send it through to me. Good work, Ollie. Now. Oh, that's the way, mate. Smart boy, Ollie. I just want to check in with you and see if you're okay, Jamie, after last week's chat. Oh, fine, mate. But why didn't you? Why didn't you tip check in? You were too keen on the racket too. <laughs> why did you jump ship? Why did you jump ship? What about uh, our man, our stand start specialist, and he wins a heat of the of the Taz, Tassie uh, Cup? 
Yeah, no, I agree, mate. As soon as it lobbed on top, I put G. You know, but I can't <laughs> believe you jumped off, Toby. I can't believe you jumped oh, off. Oh, I think I mentioned it, didn't I, last week? No, oh, I'll you check the audio. I'll check the audio, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was an impressive win. It's always been a good horse check-in. It's a really good horse back in New Zealand before I come across here. And, you know, just, you know, to Ben's credit, mate, he's, he's got to go and put in career best form at the moment. I reckon uh, won a race at Geelong one night on a Metro card when it led for Wayne Potter. Yeah, well, it's one of an angle as well. But in New Zealand, it would have been just on free-for-all grade in New Zealand, up up around Alexandra Parkway about two and a half seasons ago. And was always dangerous. And um, come to to Australia, didn't really produce its New Zealand form, to be honest. But, um, but, you know, his last couple of... Probably the last four to six weeks, he's really turned the corner, mate. He's going really well. And if he loves on top in that final, I don't like to say it to poor old Timmy boy, but if he loves on top in the final, where's the goal? Have something to take, that's for sure. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, we better get into some tips. We only got uh, till 12.30 today. Uh, Hobart, you kick off. Uh, you got no best, but you got some value for us. Race one, number two, Shen O'Con. Yes, it's finally going a barrier. Um and, you know, the emergency, it's going to draw a barrier once. I'll leave a lead or sit behind the leader and um, going to get every chance. Just continue to drop in grade with the rating system. And if he can't win on Friday night, he's going to struggle to win one, I reckon. So he looks a, he looks a plate around the $5 mark in the first. Then we go to race two, number two, Key Venus Drive. Two to buy the mile. We'll push forward and more than, more than likely find the top off the pole marker. And from there, mate, he'll take plenty of running down around the 4 or $5 mark as well. Then we'll go back over to our old favourite, mate. Number yeah. race five, number eight, Windy Hanover. Um, back to the stand star conditions, and that's the that's when he races his best, mate. He loves the stands, and you know he could he'd be three fifty for us. Nothing to get excited about, but you know I just reckon he can oh, bounce back into the winners list. Stand start, Mark Yole drives, beast mode. Yeah, don't worry. I reckon he's a danger. <laughs> <laughs> and I went down. I, I met Rowan. I went down and saw Rowan at Melton last week. And I tell you, what, he's a lovely bloke. And boy, he's a fit-looking man too. Yeah, no, I think he just turned fifty, right? He's, he's new fifty. You're getting close to fifty, but no, he's a really good fella, Rowan. Very humble, but you know, he's very, very good trainer and a very good driver, mate. And um, he'll go down as one of the all-time best in Tasmanian harness racing, to be honest. I'd be soon making up. I had a sore wrist or something if he offered to have a uh, arm wrestle with me. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the best of all, I've actually tipped it on top. Um, race eight, number two, Pop and Pennies. Um, this is a pretty thin race. This horse hasn't got no form to recommend, but it's just going to get a soft run along the pegs. And I reckon it can give a side at around about the 20 to 1 mark in the last of the, the night tomorrow night. Um, we'll go Quaddy. We'll go. First leg three, five, six, eight. Second leg three, one. Now that's where it's the goal. He's the best, but you can't really back him to be honest. Third leg three, four, nine, and ten. Last leg two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, and thirteen. Thirty-two dollars give us twenty-five percent of the dividend. Yeah, we've had a text in from one of the owners of Where's the Gold asking about what your thoughts on him were, and I don't think you need to go any further. He's one out in the quad. He should just, assuming he steps away from the stand, that's the only query. He'll just win that race. <laughs> He's got a step. It's a pretty weak heat, to be honest, Toby. The final will be a different kettle of fish, a full field of 15. And it depends how many horses are off the front line. You can only fit seven across the front if there's 10 in it. 
and he's in behind the second, the front line of the front line markers. Well, yeah, other horses could give him your lane. Yeah, but uh, he's definitely a horse on the up. And by all reports, mate, I've been told that um, I don't reckon Hobart will be big enough for Tim and his crew, mate, come next Saturday night. Put it that way. Oh, well, and I had some fun with him early in the show. I had um, Andy Gath just recorded something for me saying he was wrapped to win the Miracle Mile, but. The race he's always wanted to win was the Eric Reese Memorial because their other horse, uh, the only decision, qualified for Eric Reese Memorial. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great. For, it was great for Mandy to get involved, and you know we're, we're not taking the P1 out of the Eric Reese Memorial or anything. It was just just about having a bit of fun with Tim. And sa- uh, s- s- Sunday night, Jamie's. It's a great day. Sunday we've got the Birchett Cup, we've got the Wangaratta Cup, and I think the Carrot Cup might be in a similar vein, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, Carrot Cup's a really good meeting. Always is. The Carrot Club do a wonderful job. They've got the yearling sale on the day before, Tasmania yearling sales on the day before at Carrot, so yeah. there'll be plenty of people up around there, then they roll into the Cup day of the next meeting. But it's a really good race card. We'll get into them, Toby, before we run out of time. Race one, number three, Gypsy Amore. Um, just really like this filly. She's resuming. She ended her two-year-old season on a, you know, you know, really showed what she was worth, and I reckon she can get the job done in the first. It's not an easy race, so there's a few dangers. Race six, number five, Miss Pappenhausen. Back to Mobile. She'll push forward. She'll either find the lead or sit in the breeze, and Rowan will just dictate from wherever, and um, she'll be too good, Miss Pappenhausen. And, you know, she's probably the best out of the three to be honest, Toby. And race nine, number six. I'm not going to do it. Maybe. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's going to win one day when I tip it as a good thing. I'm telling you, every time I do, it gets around second, but... Maybe it's going to go one better on Sunday night. It just looks well suited in this field, and I reckon it can get the job done. Value plays. Race three, number nine, Beast Mode. Wow. Let's hope you don't get too much taken out of him on Friday night because I reckon he's a really good gamble on Sunday at Carrick from the draw. Um, race eight, number two, We Salute You. It's a very open Carrick Cup, and I just think, you know, just as long as it goes away and settles in the first four or five, he's going to take a power of, a power of beating in the Cup. Couple of odds, race two, number 10, Kermadec. Had no luck last time. 10 bounce back at you know, around the 10 or $12 mark. And race seven, number 11, Marisabelle. This is a half to bow tide. Um, wow. Hasn't shown much at all, but this is a pretty weak race. And if she's ever going to you know, show anything, you know, Sunday could be the time. Sunday could be the day. We'll go quality, mate. One, three, five, seven, ten. Second leg, five, one out. Third leg, one, two, five, nine, eleven. Last week, two, four, six, nine, ten, and thirteen. Thirty-seven dollars fifty will give us twenty-five percent of the dividend. Well done, Jamie. And if you met my elder brother Danny, uh, you'd understand that you can't put any confidence in the fact that Marisabel's going to be as good because, um, yeah, he's terrific, Danny. And uh, I'm like Marisabel is to Botot. Well, I thought you was I thought you was both time. Danny was a man with a bill. <laughs> no, no, that's just the. That's what you tell me offline. <laughs> <laughs> he might be listening, so I've got to go the other way on air. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll see you next week. All right, Jamie. Thanks, mate. Best of luck over the weekend. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, there is Jamie Cockshut and.
a Taz Racing segment. Couldn't have any guest on because we're going to get to this Adelaide Cup barrier draw. But, yeah, had some great fun with uh, Tim O'Connor and Andy Gath. We thank him for that little bit of fun. Uh, big fella says, very good show, Toby. Well done. Nothing better than having a few laughs. Cheers, big fella. Thanks, big fella. And, yeah, uh, we thank Andy Gath for what he did. We thank also uh, Tim O'Connor for having a laugh about himself too. And there's a lot of video, and he was pretty excited about only the decision winning that race, that Eric Reese Memorial and... Uh, look, at least we're putting the memory of Eric Reese out there. Uh, we'll have to find someone, and we might have him on next week. That would be a great result, wouldn't it, if we could get a family member or someone to come on and, and remember Eric in, in real true, true fed income fashion. That's something for Jamie and I to do uh, behind the scenes. Let's uh, – we've got to wrap this up now because we have to get out at 12.30 so we can get to this Adelaide Cup barrier draw. Thanks to all our guests over the last couple of days, in particular today's guests – uh, Tim O'Connor, Jonathan O'Connor, uh, Mick Gurren O'Connor, and Jamie Cockshut O'Connor in what was the uh, O'Connor hour and a half of Trot's Life. Uh, J- Jason Bonington will be back tomorrow for the Friday form panel with Dan Malecki. I will be back next Wednesday and Thursday. I've got a pre recorded chat with Rod Chambers, which is absolutely fantastic. So hopefully. Uh, we can get that out next Wednesday as a highlight of the show. There's plenty of others I have to get to as well. Best of luck to everyone over the weekend, particularly Kevin Weedenback. I really hope you win that race with that horse, Kev. And this is such a long story behind it. Have a great afternoon with the Trackside boys this afternoon. They've uh, got plenty of winners for you, no doubt. And hopefully, uh, if you've got a horse in the Adelaide Cup barrier draw, you can get the barrier that you want. See you all later.